welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. feel the weightiness of this moment, <clears throat> both of preaching the Word of God and the things that have transpired this week. And I'd just like to say thank God for the church. Thank God for the church. Thank God for Sister Geraldine giving us Pastor Rex Johnson. Thank God for the church. Thank God for what she put into him. Thank God that we have such an incredible pastor. Now, you, you must not know him very well if you thought he wasn't going to be here today. There's not much that could drag Pastor Johnson out of the church. He loves this church, and he loves you, and he would not have missed this day for anything in the world. I'm thankful for a pastor like that. I'm thankful that he's not just in it just to be in it, but he's in it heart, mind, soul, and strength. I thank God for that. I want you to do something. If you will call his name this week in prayer, would you just raise up your hand? I want to see if you'll, if you'll pray for this family and you'll, you'll mention Pastor Johnson's name in prayer. That's incredible. Thank you for that. Remember them this entire, entire week that God would uplift them. I just echo what Pastor Mitch had to say a moment ago. And I thank you for being here. What a beautiful crowd. What a beautiful Lord's Day he's given us to come and worship together. I would ask before we begin today that you'd pray. You'd pray for God to open up our hearts and our minds when we open up this word. I feel the heaviness of, of being so honored to be able to preach or to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is such an honor to be able to proclaim or be able to try to explain or to communicate how good God is and what he can do in lives. This is an awesome opportunity for me. But I want you to pray also for my body. I tell you what, if I would have gotten to Austin and, 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 and put some money into some stock in Zyrtec, or Claritin, I might be close to a millionaire right now. I should have given you some of those t- stock tips because it seems like every every few weeks I, I, it's something else. And you just pray for me and pray for you that God can say something today in our midst. Wouldn't that be neat? Wouldn't that be an awesome thing for God to speak? We need the Holy Ghost in our services. We need God to speak to our lives. Every single week. We don't want a week to go by. So I'd ask that you bow your head and pray for me and pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you, God, for your word that's already anointed. I'm asking, God, that we'd have anointed hearers and anointed men and women, God, that would allow the, the word of God to prick their heart, Lord, to settle into their heart and mind. Lord, touch my body. Touch my mind. Help me to communicate your anointed word. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen? Amen. All right, I want you to do something for me. I want you to think back to when you were a child. I want you to go way, 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 way back. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I'm still a kid. I still feel like I just turned 20 or 30. By the way, what age is it that you stopped being a child? I don't know what that is. Uh, I've seen some 40-year-olds that act kind of like 12-year-olds, so it's kind of hard to tell. But I want you to think about when you were growing up. I want you to go back to where... You, you first had the thought of what you wanted to become. Now, I don't want you to go so far back to where you thought, I want to be a fire truck. I want to be a lamp. No, forget that. Don't go, that's too far back. Just go back to like fifth grade, 
go back to like sixth grade, something like that, when someone come up to you and said, what do you want to be when you grow up, Johnny? What do you want to be when you grow up, Susie? And you had an answer for them. Go ahead and think about it right now. You've got to play along. This is participation. Now, here's what I want you to do. You got it? Turn to someone sitting beside you and tell them what you wanted to be when you grow up. Tell them. Tell them. Don't, don't lie about it. You don't have to make it up. If you didn't have anything, just don't, don't lie. <clears throat> Very cool. Anybody hear anything interesting? Anybody? Something that shocked you? When I was growing up, I used to tell everybody I wanted to be a detective. I don't know where that came from, but I, my parents were like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. We'd be in front of people, and, oh, I want to be a, de- I want to be a cop, I want to be a detective. Not that there's anything wrong with that. that. That's a great profession. We need those. But my parents were, where did you come up with this? So what happens is we, we, we as children, we have these ideas, we have these dreams, we have these visions, we have these, these goals in our life of what we want to become. How many of you thought you were going to be a professional athlete? Anybody? Professional athlete, don't be ashamed, even though we know you're not, okay? It's okay. How many of you, <laughs> this would be a real test of your honesty. How many of you wanted to grow up and be a model, a supermodel? You really, I mean, you really thought, okay, some of you wouldn't admit it anyway. How about an actor? Everybody wanted to grow up and be a movie star, right? Come on, give me a break. Something happens, though, in the course of growing up and experiencing all these incredible dreams and visions and ideas of what we want to become. Something happens. You know what it is? We start getting older. We start having to grow up. We start, unfortunately, though we all had different ideas of what we want to become, we all start kind of looking the same. Something about the culture we live in or the lives that we all have and the world that we live in that it kind of funnels us down. It funnels, 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 funnels us down into this, this small idea. It brings our huge dreams into this small, small idea and slowly funnels us in to sameness. We all look the same. We all think the same now and all sorts of things. We, we even dress the same. I know, I know, I know, I know. You're sitting here thinking, no, 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 I, I have the best taste in the room. You don't understand. I am so unique. And this especially happens around 16 to 20. I don't know what it is with these people, but, but 20-year-olds think that they are the most unique 20-year-old on the face of the earth. Don't raise your hand if you're 20. But, but have you seen them dress? Have you seen them go into the malls and they, they buy these things? Now, let me tell you something about your uniqueness. You're so unique that there are designers in New York City that don't even know you, that have warehouses full of the clothes they know you're going to buy. We're really not that unique. We are more uh, like the same. And life and culture and society seems to filter us down into this kind of thinking. As cool, as awesome, as unique and off the charts that you think you are, the truth is we're just like another group. There's somebody as unique as you are that is a lot like you. And even though we don't have the same things, we all kind of want the same things. We all kind of have the same issues and tough times, and we have some things that are very, very common with one another when it comes to those things. And even though you're at different stages of your life than someone you may be sitting next to, you still, you still think and you still dream about the same things. Life is a strange, strange thing. Life and culture has a way of sort of taking the edge off our dreams and our ideas of what we wanted to become and shrinking us all down to size, so to speak, and eventually bringing us into the same direction. 
In fact, we all sort of have the same problems. And it's so funny to me, we have even the same complaints. We all have issues with weight. Okay, no amen there. Nobody wanted this when we were growing up. Nobody wanted sameness. You wanted independence. You wanted uniqueness. And something happened. Nobody in here went and and when you were a kid said, I want to live in a block that all the houses look exactly the same. And here's what's so funny to me. I just heard this this week. Somebody said, you know, honey, you know, our house kind of does look like every other house in the block, except our brick is completely different. Our brick color is amazing. And five houses down is the same brick color. And they say the same thing about all their houses looking the same, but theirs is different. We didn't decide this early on. Nobody in here said at 12 years old, I can't wait till I get my driver's license so I can go buy me a Tahoe. Nobody in here says, it's, it's going to be amazing. You mothers in here say, I can't wait to go out and get my minivan. It's going to be the best minivan on the block. We didn't have those types of dreams. We wanted to be different. But after a while, it starts funneling us down. And we all go on the same road, the same road of sameness. And even in our problems, the weight problems, the time management thing, we can't find a soulmate. We have too much debt and not enough income. If you have kids, you're trying to figure out whether private school or public school. You're trying to figure out whether or not you want to save for their college. You want to make them get a job and pay for it themselves. Some of you can't get your husband to come home on time. And some of you can't just get a husband to come home at all. There's so much sameness, isn't there? Everywhere you look, we're all kind of like... And the Bible would indicate this, kind of like sheep, all kind of in the same herd, kind of being directed and and pointed toward the same things. This wasn't our dream. This wasn't our vision. And no matter what age or what stage of life you're looking at, we really, really are all kind of predictable. And that hurts our feelings. We don't want to be predictable. Assuming that we stay healthy and assuming that our life stays pretty much on the same path that it's on right now, it's pretty predictable. And there's something in you along the way if you're just like the average person and you're just like everybody else that's in this church, somewhere along the ways in your 20s or 30s maybe, maybe it's when after your first kid was born or after your second or third or after they turned 12 or 13, but at some point, every one of us will face this idea, this sameness that has hurt us or herded us or had this herd mentality that starts moving us in the same direction. And eventually, if we're not careful, every single one of us will begin to feel hemmed in. Life life starts getting so predictable that it gets boring. In fact, we would say it, you better not say this out loud. uh, We wouldn't say it out loud. Uh, You know better than this, but I feel a little trapped. I feel a little trapped. It's a little mundane because everywhere I look, it's the sameness. And as cool and as wealthy and as, as much as we have together in our life, we can still fall into the same trap of feeling like tomorrow is going to be just like today and the day after that's going to be just like yesterday and the day after that's going to be just like that day. And if you're not careful, we can begin to think this Christmas is going to be just like last Christmas. I feel hemmed in. I feel like my dreams and my visions have been taken away from me. And except... You're just getting older every single year. You're doing the same things. You're just getting older. And all of a sudden, we have this feeling of panic. And we have this feeling of of being trapped. And we wonder, I wonder if I could just break away. Everybody say, break away. 
from this sameness, from this mundaneness? Is there a way for me to break away from the pack? Is there a way for me to recapture or rekindle that childhood passion and that childhood dream that I had? Is there a way for me to break away out of this lifestyle that I'm in? There is a tendency in you and me that says this, the only way for me to truly break away from everything that I'm feeling and the sameness that I'm feeling is to just run away. Run away from my current problem. Run away from my current situation and circumstance. And at some point, you start looking outside and you start seeing the greener grassers and you start thinking, you know, I I do feel a little trapped. I do feel like my dreams have been squished by the things that I've included into my life. I really don't like the way things are going. And you start having these thoughts of maybe the only way I can break out of this life that I'm living that I'm not liking right now is to just run away. And maybe I'll have to break a few hearts. Maybe I'll have to say a few goodbyes. Maybe it's going to be a little bit messy. But I will get out of this family. I'll get out of this industry. I'll quit this job. I'll get in this minivan and I'll get it on I-35 and I'll drive this old thing as fast as I can possibly drive in any direction I can. I want out. I'm just going to go. I'm feeling a little hemmed in. Tomorrow's going to be just like today. I'm just going to be a little older. If I'm ever going to make a break for it, if I'm ever going to get out of this mess, now's the time to make my break. Maybe it's not that extreme for you. Maybe you're sitting here not understanding a word that I'm talking about. You Maybe you don't feel that way, but maybe, maybe yours is a little bit more subtle. Maybe you find excuses not to be home with your family when you could be. Maybe you hang out with the office friends a little too long. Maybe you hang out with them and you feel alive. You feel alive and you, you know when you walk in that door, it's going to be that sameness. That same, that same kid is going to be screaming and needing to do homework. I'm preaching right now is what I'm doing. And you know that when I walk through that door, I know what's going to happen. Maybe you feel like you want to hang out with some of the old college friends and think about the rosy future that you had at that point in your life. Your future was bright. You were going to conquer the world. And now you've settled for sameness and you've settled for this mundane thinking. Maybe you've hung out with them. Maybe you could have invited your wife or husband, but maybe you just didn't want them there. Maybe those three hours that you get after work just hanging with your buddies and friends, maybe that's that thrill that reminds you of what it used to be like. And you find yourself wondering, I wonder if there was a way for me to recapture this feeling that I'm feeling. Maybe I need to break away. Maybe I should just run away. Or maybe you're the guy that you're, you're, you're feeling a little mundane in your relationship and you, you're tempted to think back to what it used to be like with that old girlfriend, the passion that you guys had, the love that you had for one another, and you're tempted to look her up. Something in you says, I can't keep living this way. The predictability makes me feel hemmed in. You really do feel trapped. And the culture of our world says the only way to break out of this kind of thinking and this kind of feeling is for you to gather your stuff, jump in the minivan, and make a break for it and run away. Find a new environment. Just change your environment. That'll fix it. Start over. That'll that'll fix it every time. 
uh, to, do, to do different things. Just, just make a decision right now to jump in the van, change your scenery. It's going to fix it. Now, it sounds a little negative, but I haven't forgotten who I'm preaching to right now. I know that who I'm preaching to right now understands that this kind of thinking and this kind of behavior and this kind of belief doesn't get us anywhere. I know you know that. In fact, you may be sitting here thinking right now in church saying, boy, that was my story. I've done that like three times until I found the Lord. Until I found Him, I fixed everything in my life by running away. You've already figured out that the problems that we have cannot be fixed by simply running away. We found this to be true, and if you haven't found this to be true, uh, let get ready for a revelation. Everywhere you went or that you run away from or changed your scenery, when you did that, when you got to the new scenery, you were there. Everybody say Amen. And you figured out the common denominator between all the things in your life that were broken that you were running from, the common denominator of all the broken decisions was you. The problem is, with that kind of thinking, is that you can change your marriage, you can change scenery, you can change relationships, you can change jobs, cities, zip code, houses, whatever you think it is that needs to be fixed. And because you ran away and didn't fix what was broken, you're faced with the same dilemma over and over and over and over again. And here's something else that happens. When you run away and you break those hearts, you don't just simply walk away from that. Those broken hearts remain broken. There's no such thing as a clean break from your past. There's no such thing. But in spite of the fact that we know that running away doesn't fix it, we know that. In spite of the fact that we know it complicates our lives. We know it doesn't fix anything. But the, the reality is our life's not what we thought it would be. And because of that, it can cloud our judgment. And we can become so discouraged of what we're not and where we're living that we never thought we'd be living there. And what I'm dealing with, I never thought I would be dealing with. And it's overwhelming. And before you know it, you're trapped and you're panicked and you're about to make a break for it. And after all, your dreams never included not being married by 30. I wanted to be married by 30. That was, it wasn't the plan not to have a husband by now. So, of course, I'm tempted and you are tempted to run away when things in our life don't work out, to make a break for it. Of course, we're tempted of making some dramatic change in our life. Even if we already know it's just going to complicate it. We just got to get out of here. I just got to get loose from this. I just got to make another decision. And here's the interesting thing about this. And here's what I want to preach to you today. There is a way to break away without breaking hearts. There is a way for us to break away from the mundane and the sameness of life without us breaking hearts. There's a way to break the pack of sheep that we're all seeming to follow in. There's a way for us to break away from the herd that we all seem to be a part of. There is a way for us to live a completely different kind of life that brings such incredible contentment. There's that word, contentment. There is a kind of life that no matter what your dreams were that may have been dashed against a rock or lost, contentment where you are can be found. Contentment where you're not can be found. Contentment where you want to be ultimately can be found in the here and now. Can you say amen to that? You can find contentment wherever you are. 
You can find contentment in spite of the fact that you're not where you want to be yet. You can find contentment in your finances right now, even though you know they're not where they need to be. You can find contentment in, your corp- in, the, in the corporate world, even though you're not where you want to be corporately. You can find contentment in relationships, even though you may not have one, or that you're looking for one, or you're looking to get out of one. You can find contentment. Imagine this. Imagine such a break that we don't have to break hearts in, in, in order to break away and have full contentment in our life. Imagine, if you could, to wake up one morning and to realize the trajectory of your life has changed and everything around you is completely the same. But now you have this new trajectory, you have this new thought, you have this new idea, and contentment is in your life. All of a sudden, the circumstances in your life haven't changed, but yet you still have this contentment. All of a sudden, the circumstances aren't different, but you wake up and your life is moving in a certain direction, a new direction. My life is healthier. My direction is healthier. Suddenly, although the future isn't here yet, and yes, there's some things that I'm dealing with. There's some things that I've brought from my past that aren't right yet, but I feel content. Can I preach to you today that this is possible? Ladies and gentlemen, this kind of breakaway is possible. And it's not found in running away. It's not found in leaving your family. It's not found in abandoning responsibility. It's not found in drumming up some sort of a new relationship with somebody you had a long time ago. It has everything to do with getting your life in sync with your Creator, Almighty God. That's what it does. It has everything to do with that. You must believe this. You must believe that He knows you. If He has the hair of, the hairs on your head numbered, He knows what's best for you. If you don't believe that, nothing else I say will matter. He wants you to have a fulfilled life. He wants you to have a contented life. As a matter of fact, He understands us better than we even understand ourselves. And that's so complex because I know better for me than He does. That's what we think. It's age old. It was in the garden. He gave them everything and said, don't touch this. But the enemy came in and confused them and made them think, he's hiding something from you. This is really good for you. He's holding something great back for you. And you know what's best for yourself. That's a lie. He knows what's best for us. I want to show you something in Romans chapter 12. But before we get there, I want, before we put it up on the screen, I want to give you a little bit of context. Jesus addresses this conversation that we're having this talk that we're having right now. Jesus, in one sentence, one sentence addresses this, and Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 addresses it in about four sentences. But it's so simple, and it's so simple that we can possibly miss this. And I want to explain to you why we can miss this. And I want to give you a little context on where we're going. I know that this is not new information for you probably. I understand that. I'm not trying to be a revelation preacher for you this morning. But here, here's what we already know. I'm going to remind you of it. What we believe... What we believe ultimately impacts the decisions we make and what we do. Amen? And what we do ultimately determines the outcomes of our lives. What we believe ultimately impacts the decisions we make and what we do. And what we do ultimately determines the outcomes of our lives. So if you're discontent with the life that you have, this means that you're discontented with the outcomes of your life. Now let me give you an example of this. It was a few years ago, and I hurry. It was a few years ago uh, on a Thanksgiving, ironically, uh, that we, I was watching TV right after a crazy 
lunch and it was you know you eat all the food and you feel horrible and something you know how they do this they plan this like it's like it's it's the spawn of satan or something the 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 tv comes on and there's a p90x infomercial anybody know what that is if you don't praise god for it if you do it's a dvd series that is called p90x that that came out a few years ago that it's an intense workout, let me tell you. It's unbelievable. So I looked at my wife, my lovely wife, and I said, Honey, this is it. This is, this is what we need. I, and she looked at me, I said, Well, this is what I need. <laughs> this is it, baby. This is, this is the one thing that we've been looking for to get our life on track. And, and, and I, you know, it's a it's million dollars, but we're going to go ahead and pull the trigger on this and do this. Because I, I believe it's going to make a difference in our life. And so I bought this P90X. And those, those of you that know about what it is, you know that I, there's... So, so it comes in the mail. And just like all these things, you know, no assembly you know, required sort of thing. But you have to go out and buy a chin-up bar. A chin-up bar. So I, I go out, I hustle out to buy a chin-up bar. And in, in looking for a chin-up bar, there's several chin-up bars out there. I don't know if you're aware of that. I didn't realize there was a market for that, but obviously there is. So I, I, I look at these chin-up bars, and I, you know what? How I think and how I believe and how I operate, I chose the cheapest one. Can I get an amen? <laughs> there's, only, there's only one option, the cheapest one. I don't, I don't even know why they had more than one. The cheapest one is what I chose because that's the way I live my life. And I buy this, I take it home, pop in the DVD, God is my witness. And I am, I did like 30 pull, I didn't. <clears throat> that's a lie. I did like one, and I, no joke, I'm not trying to be funny, I had a chair I had my foot on, I was, it's the truth, it's, it pains me to say that, y'all are laughing, I'd like to see y'all do a chin up. Completely different than a push-up. So here I go, first one, I kid you not, and I'm pumped about this, and here I go, I'm pulling up on it. It's the one you put in the door jam, you with me? <laughs> Flat on my back. Knock the breath out of me, big old clank, the chair goes flying, and here comes my wife into the living room. And she looks, she gets over me. She's laughing so hard, she can't even ask me how I'm doing. No joke. It's a funny story, but that's not why I'm telling it. Come to find out, this bar is rated for like toddlers or something. I don't know. No joke. Said all that to say this. My decision to choose the cheapest chin-up bar was because I believed I was saving money. I believed in it. And my belief system was at work there, the cheap belief system that I have. And because my belief system was flawed, I nearly killed myself. <laughs> but I want you to catch that because my belief system was flawed is where the problem started happening. The point is our belief system ultimately determines how we decide and our decisions ultimately impact the outcomes of our life. You know that. So if you were to say, if I were to ask you, because you're not going to ask me, I got the mic. Where are you in your financial situation? You'd have to talk about decisions. 
Where are you in your marriage right now? What kind of shape is it in? You'd have to talk about decisions. Where's your career at right now? You'd talk about decisions. You'd probably talk about where you went to school, whether or not what you chose for a major, whether you studied or not, places that you moved to start your career. What about if I ask you about your family? Why is your family in disarray? Or why is your family in such great shape? You'd have to talk about the decisions that you've made. And some may say, that sounds great, Josh, but you don't understand. I had so many people making decisions for my own life that I didn't even choose the things that I had to deal with. Yes, you had no control over that. You're right. But you did make decisions off of their decisions that directly impacted your life. Our response to decisions made for us also directly impact our outcomes. So what we believe determines what we do, and what we do determines our outcomes for our lives. And here's how it works. I want to give you a couple of examples. When you believe something is good, and it's a great decision for you and your family, you follow through on that belief of what you believe about it that makes it so good. And we understand that, and that that preaches great. But we also, there's another dangerous outcome that that we, we, we do and play with, and it's this. We believe... A decision is also bad. It's a terrible decision. It's, it's the worst decision I could possibly make. But I really want it. And because now, even though I believe with all my heart it's the wrong decision, Pastor, I shouldn't do it. But, but, I, really, but I really, really want it. And he, so I also believe that I can control the outcome of the worst case scenario of this decision. We do that. We hide things from ourselves. I'm not trying to be a psychologist today. We're fixing to get, I'm fixing to show you the word, the parallel word that the Lord has to say to us. We have decisions to make. We have belief systems that are in place. And if we're not careful, you can be a single person sitting in here today and look at that girl and say, it's a bad idea for me to take her out. It's a horrible idea for me to date her. But... I'm going to go ahead and do that because the worst thing that could happen is we just break up. So my belief said, don't do it. It's the worst case scenario, but because I really do want it. We do this all the time in financial situations. I can't afford it. There's no way we can deal with it. We have a credit card that's maxed out, but we do have that one that we never even signed up. We never even turned on. You didn't call the number on the back. So we can do that, but that's a horrible idea. But I really do want this. And so we, we, we do this game with ourselves and we, because we think that we can manage the outcomes. And here's what you need to understand. What you believe or the way that you think impacts the decisions you make and the decisions that you make influence your outcomes. Now, here's why this is all important and it seems like a mumble, jumbo mess, but here's why it's important, okay? Here's why this is important for us to understand. When you find yourself in an area of your life or an arena of your life that you don't like, whether it's parenting, financial situation, career, whatever the situation is, when you get there and you don't like it, that means you don't like the outcome. And it's easy to say, the reasons I'm here is because of the decisions that I made. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it. And the temptation is to say, I just need to fix this bad decision with another decision. 
I need to move out. I need to get another husband. I need to break up. I need to move out with her and move in with her. I need to get a, a different job. I need to change jobs. And the temptation is to say that in order to change the outcomes of my life that I don't like, I just need to redecide some things. Wrong. Here's the key. And here's what I want you to walk out of here with today. If redeciding doesn't include rebelieving and rethinking, you're just going to make decision after decision after decision after choice after choice, change after change and after change, and expecting a different outcome, but because of the belief system that you have in place, you end up with the exact same outcomes. Because decisions don't determine our outcomes. They don't. It's the belief that that fuels the decisions that results in the outcomes. This is why when you see people in one relationship after the other, and they finally ask you, what do you think is wrong with me? What do you think is wrong with with the situation, the men or the women that I've chosen? They they never, normally they don't point to themselves, but if they're crazy enough to ask, we're crazy enough to tell them. Could it be you? Could it be you? What's the common denominator in all these failed relationships and all these failed systems in your life? Most of the time you get an answer like, I'll just decide. I just decided to go with him or her and I just keep deciding wrong. I keep deciding wrong. This is why many fall into this crazy loop in relationships and crazy loop in finances because we keep making, trying to make the better decision. Just keep choosing decisions. And the whole time... The operation system or the operating system is faulty and we keep thinking we're going to get different results at the end, but we're not because we have a faulty system. And this is why running away is such a horrible idea. This is why deciding to abandon a family or to abandon a relationship is such a bad idea. This is why deciding to change the scenery doesn't result in better outcomes. And here's the truth of a breakaway life that I want to give you and I want you to take it home today. Here's the truth. If you want to break away life and not break hearts. In other words, if you want a life to look and to feel differently than what you currently have, or maybe you're sitting here and you don't like the outcomes of your life at this time, it's not so much about changing your major in college. It's not so much about changing your marriage. It goes back to something way more fundamental than that. It goes back to to this. Where am I believing wrong? Where am I thinking wrong? A breakaway life is a result of a breakaway belief. Everybody say belief. It's a breakaway belief in which results in a breakaway thinking and and breakaway decisions. And Jesus took four sentences or four or five minutes to explain this to us. And, And it's very, very simple. He says, do you want to be free? And everybody said, yes. Do you want to have financial freedom? Yes. Do you want relationships in your life to have meaning and not have sameness and and not have uh, this mundaneness to them? And everybody says, yes. How many of you want your parenting skills to be the best they possibly can be? How many of you want to be liberated and freed in your parenting skills? Yes, how do we do this? And Jesus says, then you need to know the truth and the truth will make you free. Okay, simple. Sounds simple enough. And here's how Paul addresses it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. He says it this way, Do not conform any longer. 
Don't conform any longer into the patterns of this world. Apostle Paul, the writer of half the New Testament, says this, and I love this, especially if you're here and you're not really sure about the church and this is kind of your first time. Let me tell you something. Apostle Paul says, don't be a conformist. And you're sitting here today and thinking, well, everybody in church is a conformist. That's just what you do. You go to church and you do the game. Everybody conforms. Apostle Paul says, no, 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 no. We're not conformers. You'll never, you'll never mistake Jesus as a conformer. And Apostle Paul says, don't allow yourself to be conformed. Don't allow yourself just to get in line with everyone else and follow around like a bunch of lambs. Don't fall into the pattern. Don't allow yourself to be pressed into this form of culture or society that puts on us. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Now, this is incredible news. This is shouting stuff right here. Because here's the reality of this. We don't have to have the outcomes that the world has. I don't know about you, but I don't want my family necessarily to look like some of the people I bump into in different environments. I don't know about you, but I don't want my finances to look like some of the people that I bump into that have financial debt up to their ears and they can't do anything. I don't want my outcomes to be like that. I sure don't want my outcomes and my, 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 the pattern of the world to be on me when it comes to my time. The scheduling of my time, the world has no time for anything. They're stressed out. They're going downhill. They can't flow. They can't do anything that they really want to do. They're running to and fro and never coming to accomplish really what they want to accomplish. And Apostle Paul says, good news. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't allow yourself to be pressed It's not a question of whether or not you're pressed today. Everybody in here is pressed. Everybody in here feels it. But Paul's saying, don't allow yourself to be pressed into the mold. It's incredible news. You don't have to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. And this word transformed just means metamorphosized or metamorphosis. Transformed. At the end of the day, Paul's saying, I want your outcomes to look different than everybody else's outcomes. I want you people to look different. I want you to not have the same things necessarily that they have. It's okay to be a part of culture. I love culture. I love, being, I love going out and doing things. And, and we even, we, we, a lot of us dress like everybody else out there. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about being pressed and forced into this, this thinking and this belief system that all of our ends and all of our outcomes have to look the same. And Paul's saying that's not, that's not the intent of Almighty God. The ultimate outcomes when it comes to your marriages, he says, it doesn't need to look like the world. You don't have to have that. How you feel about life doesn't need to come by how everybody else feels about life. You're being pressed into a mold. How you approach relationships, how you treat your spouse, you don't have to get that from the world. And here's the secret. Here, here's the secret. You ready for the secret? Don't you want to know how to get this? By the renewing of your mind. And this is so powerful. 2,000 years ago, Apostle Paul, 2,000 years ago, he's dealing with what we're dealing with. He says transformed lives, transformation in terms of outcome are not simply just making decisions. They're not. They're making different decisions, yes, but transformed outcomes comes from a renewed mind. 
transform outcomes have to do and are a result of transformed believing. And the little word renewing here can be described as renovating, renovating. How many of you ever have done a remodel in your house? Anybody in here? Anybody? Boy, you're missing out. How many knows what happens when you start remodeling your house? It's the messiest mess. If that's, can you say that? It's the messiest mess you'll ever have. Even after the contractors clean up, you've got to clean up. Even a week later, you've got to clean up. It's just messy. It's everywhere. Renovation is always that way. And how many of you ever ask yourself this question when you're remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? What did, why did I ever start this? I had a perfectly good bathroom. I can't even use it now. This kitchen was not that bad. I know we're making a lot of good things happen here, but I can't even get a bologna sandwich. How many knows that when the contractor tells you two weeks on a remodel, guess what you need to add to it? Sorry, contractors. You need to add about two months. It always takes longer. It's messy. It always takes longer. But let me tell you something good about remodels. When it's done and done right, the renovation can bring about a spectacular end result. How many of you love to watch those shows on HGTV when they're doing like the before and after pictures? I love that. Isn't that incredible? You're like, man, I could do that. You can't. Don't even try. <laughs> you, that's, 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 they got to deal with Lowe's where like they, you, they get you to think you can and you go and then you mess it all up and then you got to hire a contractor. They're all in on it. <laughs> we look at these before and after pictures. We say, man, that's not even the same house. That ain't even the same kitchen. They just tricked us. But when renovation is done, when the mess is cleaned up and it's finally completed, it can bring about a spectacular, incredible outcome. But what's the first thing that you have to do in a remodel? Somebody tell me. First thing, you gotta, you gotta rip out the old. You gotta take out the old, then you put in the new stuff. And here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Once you begin renovating your thinking, which will ultimately impact your decisions, the ultimate result will be the outcome so spectacular, people won't even recognize you. Mm. Think about that. Now, many, many of you have experienced this. When you found the Lord and you allowed the Lord to touch your heart and touch your life and you took this scripture to heart, you begin to become transformed. And people on the street, you bumped into the old friends, the old college friends, whatever, they come up to you and say, I, you know, something's different about you. You and your wife are getting along. It's unbelievable. Like, what, what did you do? You just seem to have peace now. What's changed? Nothing at home. Nothing around me. But something has happened in my thinking. You know why? Because renovated thinking and, and renovated decision-making result in spectacular outcomes. And Apostle Paul says, look, you don't just follow the herd. It's going to be tempting just to, just to go through the motions, just to wake up every day and say, oh, it's just another day. I'm just going to go to work again. I'm just going to put in another hour. I'm just going to come home. And, and that sounds fine. That sounds really good. But there's going to be a day that's going to get on your nerves. I know. We're all spiritual right now. 
There's going to come a day when you walk into that house and you hear that screaming child or you see that messy floor or you have all this stuff that's bothering you and it's built up in you and you've been pushing down your dreams and you've sacrificed so much and you come in and you've had enough. And you're going to be tempted to run away. You're going to be tempted to break out in a full dash to that car get on 35 in that little minivan that you're going to have to jump because the battery was dead and you're going to have to (laughs) Paul says good news we don't have to be that way good news you don't have to feel trapped or you don't have to have predictable outcomes just because culture tries to press you and society presses you, you don't have to be that way. Jesus said that I could have spectacular outcomes. Jesus said that if I found truth, it would set me free. And it doesn't begin just by making a bunch of more decisions. It doesn't, it doesn't happen just because I redesign. It happens because I upgrade and I, I, I rethink my belief system. It's messy. It's messy. I'm not going to lie to you. It's very messy. It takes time but something will happen when you begin to renovate your thinking. You'll be transformed, transformed, transformed by the renovating of your mind. And here's what happens. When you learn to see God, as, or you learn to see as God sees, rather, and that's really what this is all about. We're not trying to brainwash you here. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching that the Lord wants to get you to see like He sees. He wants you to get to think like He thinks. And when that begins to happen, things and outcomes and decisions start making sense. And there's a breakaway in your life that begins to happen that doesn't happen, that doesn't, doesn't break people's hearts. And there, there, there can be breakaway in our lives without us abandoning the circumstances in our life. It's possible to be content where we are. I want you to listen to the last part of this verse in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody say, then. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. Here's what, the, here's what this means. As you begin to see God as God sees, you begin to see life as God sees it. As you begin to adopt God's filter through which you can, you can view your marriage and your finances and your children, God's filter that he puts into your heart and mind, you begin to think differently. You begin to think differently about God's law. You begin to think differently about this whole church thing. I don't blame people that come in and, and they hear that thou shalt nots and thou shalt do and thou shalt something else. And they're like, man, that's a bunch of rules. And, but it's a bunch of stuff you can't do and you should do. And I, man, I just feel guilty and I, I can never do this. And, but they, they, they need to renovate their thinking. And when you do renovate your thinking, those things begin to make perfect sense. Many times the reason people push back is because they just have a different belief system. They're not bad people. Maybe they inherited it. After all, the world is pressing on us. Apostle Paul promises, if you will begin, everybody say begin, just begin, not by trying to make a bunch of right decisions. That's where we go wrong. If you'll just clean up X, Y, and Z, everything's going to work out. No, it won't. Uh-uh. That's decisions. Apostle Paul is saying, don't start with decisions. Start with renovating. Start with renovating. Now, I'm not preaching to brand new people right now. I'm preaching to all of us because the world is pressing on all of us. And if you will begin by allowing God to renovate and renew your mind or your thinking, then, the Scripture says, then, 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 then you will recognize and give approval 
to the will of God in your life. There is a such a thing as getting the cart before the horse. There is a such a thing as making a bunch of decisions that may be good, but if you don't have the belief system, about five weeks from now or two weeks from now, you're going to walk in that screaming, and you're going to say, I'm making a break for it. Or you're going to have a week like the Johnsons had, and you're going to say, God, I don't understand this. i got to go. But if you'll start with renovating, if you'll start tearing out the old, putting in the new, God will bring about an outcome in your life you never dreamed was possible. He said we could have life and have it more abundantly. He said we could have different outcomes than everybody around us. And he says in order to do this, we have to be transformed. I want to be transformed. I want my family transformed. I want my children transformed. I want my parenting skills transformed. I want everything about me to be transformed. How do I do this? How do I get this transformation? By renovating and renewing your mind. Ripping out the old and putting in the new. Pastor Randy, if you could help me. Here's the question I want you to walk out of here with today. It's not an easy question, but it is a question I want you to think about. What are the deeply held beliefs that, I, that lead me to make the decisions that have led me to where I am today? What are the deeply held beliefs that lead me to make the decisions that have led me to where I am today? The last thing I want you to do is walk out of here and feel convicted or feel like you can't do what I've, I've said. I hate that when, when preachers tell you, man, you need to do this, and they don't tell you how. They don't tell you how. And, and the last thing I want you to do is walk out of here and feel defeated because this is not a defeated message. This is good news. This is good news. The bad news is when we started with, with children, we had all these dreams and, and, and ambitions and all these thoughts, and the enemy and the world presses us down into this small little funnel And Paul says, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus promised us more than that. He told us we could have life and have it more abundantly. He told us that we didn't have to be like everyone else. He told us that we didn't have to have the same outcomes like everybody else. This is good news. It's liberating to view the world differently, the decisions that we do have to make. It's good to know that the Lord says, if you will put my word in your heart, now, let me say this. A lot of, a lot of you are, know a lot about the Bible. And you know a lot of things that I'm talking about. This is very redundant. But let me tell you something. The smartest man that ever lived besides Jesus was Solomon. And Solomon said this. I'm going to, I'm going, he, he told us this, but lean not on your own understanding. The smartest man in the world said, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on in your own understanding. But in all of your decisions, in all of your ways, acknowledge, acknowledge, get him a part of, change the way you think. Because the way we think is, the way the world has pressed into our hearts and minds is, we know what's best. That's a lie. He knows what's best. God knows what's best. Let every man be alive. My word, faithful and true. Why don't you stand with me right now? I don't know about you, but I have days where I feel trapped. 
I have days where I feel overwhelmed by sameness or wanting just to break away. And I know what that is. That's the spirit of the world pressing in on my heart and mind, trying to provoke me to make a silly, worldly, if I can use that word, decision. And I know, I know if I'll just get in the Word. I know that, that I don't have to respond like everybody else to everything that happens. That's why today you can see Pastor in this pulpit talking about the goodness of God after losing his mother yesterday because he doesn't think like everybody else. Be, listen, when, when we come in here and we're magnifying the exalted name of the Lord and someone comes in for the first time, they're like, what's wrong with these people? I'll tell you what's wrong with you people. You have renovated thinking. You have a new belief system in your heart and in your mind that says, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Why don't you lift up your hands right now and let's just ask the Lord. Lord, I'm asking you, God, to help me to resist the pressures of culture. Help me to resist, God, the pressures to, to run away. God, to just make another decision, just flippantly, God, to run out on my family or to, to do something ridiculous, God, that I know won't fix it anyway. I know it won't. But, God, I'm asking you to illuminate our hearts and minds right now. God, let your word begin to renovate our minds. God, there's things that we have to do as well. We can't leave it up to you only. God, I've got to take the responsibility for my own thoughts, and I've got to take responsibility for what I truly believe. And I've got to take responsibility, God, of renovating and tearing out those old thoughts and those old belief systems. And I've got to put into place, God, what your word says. I pray that would happen in Christian life. I pray that every one of us would walk out of here today, God, and not feel trapped not feel the pressures of this world, but that we feel liberated in your power because we know the truth. And you said because we know, we believe that the truth would set us free. Give us the courage to renovate. Give us the courage to stand and believe and trust for greater outcomes than we ever dreamed were possible. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God a great hand clap right now. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.